Welcome to part two of Business and Art South Africa's conversation series of the debut program online podcast titled Dismantling Digital Inequalities, hosted by Boitumelo Tumi Motuatsu, Head of Programs at Business and Art South Africa. Welcome back to the BASA podcast. This is part two of the sessions that we have been doing under the debut program. And these sessions fall on the backdrop of the debut online, um, which is an online event that will see about 120 debut program participants take their products to market and debut their creative business ventures to new and existing market segments online. As was mentioned in the first part of the podcast, working with these participants from rural and peri-urban areas of South Africa has really highlighted the digital inequalities that exist, which has led to this very conversation today. Like I mentioned last week, my name is Dumi Wutawai. I'm currently the Head of Programs at Business and Arts South Africa, and I will be facilitating this conversation. And today we have again um, our wonderful speakers from part one, Jane Mpulo, who is a renowned artist in the Free State, co-director of Wuga Elective, and the former provincial ambassador on the Davy program. We also have Musera Sifo, who is the creative director at the National Arts Festival, um, Simekin Kadingi, our newly appointed BASA board member and founder of Min Creative Co. And lastly, we have Mimi Mashinini, who is a law graduate and the strategic partners manager at Digify Africa. Our awesome guests will be helping me to further tackle the topic around dismantling digital inequalities. And together, I think we can co-create a way forward um, for these young emerging South African artists, but also for the creative sector at large. Some of the points that came up from last week's conversation um, was around hybrid models of engagement and consumption. We talked a little bit about digital platforms and the opportunities they pose for us in terms of monetization and exchanging value. Um, there were some emerging questions arising as well about new and innovative models that artists across South Africa are now starting to employ. Jane, you also mentioned some of the opportunities, but also the barriers that are still preventing um, our creatives from really maximizing or catching from these uh, platforms and and then this re revolution so in the last podcast Jane you mentioned the high cost particularly that digital imposes on the content creation process so I guess my first question to you is you know what are these barriers that you mentioned last week but also should the government and private sector play a role in assisting artists with this process itself Hi to me with the why. Thank you and everybody else. Thank you so much for having me once again. I'm happy to be here. Um, so what I meant about the barriers that we encounter, I'm talking about things like equipment, you know, um, like I said, myself, I want to do it once and I want to do it right. And that means I have to use high quality equipment, but also we must also not, um, limit ourselves because I mean, we are on our phones the whole time. I think it was on Simeki who was uh, mentioning it, um, last week. So you have to use what you you have um, and you know like make with it what you can but um, I mean if you want to do it right and if you want to reach higher platforms if you want to maybe for example do some have some some material to take to the TV stations or festivals or whatever, you have to use high equipment. You have to have a great team behind you and that costs a lot of money. Um, and of course, yes, the government, the 
private sectors, everybody has to, you know, invest because this puts food on our tables. Um, however, it's very important that we as creatives do not wait for that. Do not wait for the government to say, okay, I'm giving out funding for digital um, content or, um, you know, like the private sectors or whatever. You have to be really, really smart. Um, think of yourself as a business and make sure that you're still able to sustain your arts with or without the funding. And by that, I'm I mean, like you have to be able to you yourself create the content, um, even though you don't know where you're going to get the money, but make it work. Um, approach people who might be interested. Sometimes all it takes, for example, is having the same script that you did last year. But now you're like, hmm, Department of Water and Sanitation might have some money. And then you just like throw in a line there about water and whatever. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, yes, we're investing in this. So you have to be really, really smart. Do not wait for the traditional or the NAC or the GA. Um, DAC or whatever, um, seek opportunities, man, make it work, like create content that people are looking for, you know, do your research. Um, universities as well, I know the University of the Free State is really keen on the arts. Make them feel like they need you, make them see why they need you. Um, and yeah, you'll be able to do this collaborate. I'm still going to say it again. Collaborate. Stop this thing of being, I'm sorry, being a Tyler Perry. You want to direct, you want to edit, you want to do all those <laughs> things. If you want to do it right, get the people who have the same passions as you. And if sometimes even if you don't have the money, they are going to come on board and the money is going to come, you know? Um, then, sorry to cut you, but I think you mentioned this point around collaboration quite a lot, right? And and you almost saying um, artists need to almost look around them and leverage off of the, the skills and assets and resources that are available to them and even thinking around ways in which they can repurpose some of the content and material they already have at a practical level Jane what role can artists play I mean we've seen some protests online we've seen people innovating but what, what is a strategic or sustainable step that we can take to really make sure that we're not waiting as you say you know the problem with us is oh just like friendship man you must know you must know the people around you you must know who's got your back you must you know you must be really smart the the problem that we have is i want to work with Dumi, but i can see that Dumi is not passionate about this i can see that Dumi is not availing herself and i'm waiting on Dumi. you know i now end up being on the passenger seat instead of being the driver's seat of this thing that i really want to do so surround yourself with people who have the same passion as you um work on your proposals like the thing about being an artist, a performing artist, is that you have to be very diverse, you know? Mm -hmm. um, if, honestly, producing is not your thing, you don't even know where to start, attend workshops, go online, YouTube has all those things, Google has all those things, like, really, really work on all your skills so that, um, you know, at least you can know, okay, um, yes, I'm a performer, but I can actually draw up a proposal. I can do a pitch in front of people. I can actually sell something, you know? So you have to constantly reinvent yourself and work on yourself and just don't be just a performer. I know it sounds horrible because that's a lot of work um, in itself, but you have to surround your pe yourself with people who are going to make you grow. If I'm not a great writer, but I know Kutsi um, Tab or Samway is a great writer and maybe they may be, may be able to execute this idea that I have better than I do, then, I mean, become friends with that per person, not necessarily best friends or whatever, but like, you know, the working relationship, <laughs> um, look 
your surroundings have everything that you need. You just have to be really smart and really focused and know that if Dumi lets you down, then this thing, this sheep is still going where it's supposed to, you know? Just because yeah. Dumi is out now, all of a sudden going to stop. And just because we don't have money, not all of a sudden going to stop. Yes, I can't afford that uh, 4K um, camera that I really want, but okay, maybe I should start with my phone, build up a following, you know, maybe I should have yeah. a YouTube account and that's where I will get my money from. Maybe somewhere, somehow, someone out there might see me on Facebook. Stop being a Facebook comedian. Use it. Use it for your heart. <laughs> so, Mr. I think you can hear the passion and also the power that is coming through from Jane this morning. <laughs> really also hitting the point around friendship, around relationship in the sector right um strategically finding people who can complement your skills people who can support your skills people who also match your level of of passion and commitment for your work um I want to bring you into the conversation here. I think last week you were also speaking about just people using what they have, using a smartphone, but really being strategic about the content that they're putting on there yeah. to ensure yeah. that it reflects high quality and can also be accessible to as many people. And Jane speaks about producing, content development, writing, performance. What skills in your perspective do you think are a kind of urgent or a specialized skill that one can pursue right now that will ensure that there is the sustainability and uh, value proposition to be able to navigate the sector in a more interesting way? Um, I think there's something that Jane mentions that you you need to be able to incorporate essentially sponsors into whatever art you're creating because that's 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 who will most likely give you the money that you need to create um and if you're not able to 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 find creative ways within your art to bring in whether it's departments whether it's private sponsors um it's like brand placement right and brand placement so let's if we go into movies hollywood has had brand placement since 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 uh there are things that we grew up as children liking not realizing that oh no it's just because of brand placement you know yeah. so so you we as creatives need to find ways in which we 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 are able to adjust whatever form of art we've created to be able to bring in sponsors so that when you go to somebody in the private sector um, and you say, hey, can you find this? You're able to give them a brand pro proposition. Um, you know, you see it in sports all the time where the easiest thing is that to put your name on the jersey. Um, so so, so for me, any artist needs to find a way in which they can incorporate any sponsor. Um, if, if, if you find that, then it becomes easier to propose value. So with these, uh, uh, proposals that Jane then speaks about, you know, like that you then need to learn, you then need to be able to say, and this is how, uh, business and art South Africa comes in. And this yeah. is the exposure that we give you, you know, so if you're coming to business and art South Africa and you come from the rurals, um, you know, the easiest thing is if you research business and art South Africa, the biggest thing that would appeal to us is if you're saying, I'm going to give uh, exposure for the debut program because that's yeah. who it's looking at. Um, but just coming and saying, I'm going to give uh, business and art South Africa as a whole uh, exposure, that might not appeal to us as much because it's like, you know, our conversations as a brand are in very corporate spaces. However, the debut program, because of where it's aimed at, you mm -hmm. can then come in and say, hey, are you guys able to to, to help me with this and, and, and give me some grant money? Um, and my angle is that because of where this is being executed, I feel that the debut program is the thing that we need to push and saying that's what's partnered with us.
So that's a, a, an area that a lot of creatives, particularly those who are emerging and coming up, are really struggling with. You know, the one thing that they go to Simeki is exposure, exposure. Or oh, I'll just put your logo on the on the poster. What other what other strategies or ideas do you have perhaps that you could share with creatives who are wanting to partner with different brands? You know, beyond the marketing, beyond the exposure, what else can creatives offer um, the private sector, the public sector? One of the things that that um, I've realized is that content is starting to take uh, like a very big space in society um, and and mobile content to to be particular. So content that we can and digital content to, in, in particular. I think uh, every 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 brand has something that they're either passionate about um, or a story that they want to contribute to. So it's not always marketing. You're, co you're completely right there in saying, you're not always going to go to somebody and say, I'll put your logo. But the admin creative code, there are things that we're, we're passionate about. At Basta, there are things that we're passionate about. I think um, artists in looking for money, it's like, you know, when you get shortlisted for an interview, you research that company, you research what mm. they care about, you align yourself with that. And then looking for a sponsor, the best thing is you have to appeal to what it is that they are speaking to. It's not always about brand exposure, but if, 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 if the purpose of the art that you're creating, for example, is focused on young women uh, or the empowerment of young women, then um, I don't know if I can drop a, a name of, of, of a brand, but brand X that has pink cars and is an insurer comes to top of mind for me right now because that's who they're talking to. So beyond them marketing, it's like that actually makes sense when you speak to that brand about mm -hmm. um, about partnering with you. And I think a lot of people would be very surprised at how willing a lot of private sector businesses are if they feel that you are helping them in achieving their 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 their, their goal. For for a lot mm -hmm. of companies, it's not always about um, being marketed. A lot of companies actually do care about the societies that that they live in. So I think sure. for a lot of creatives, like the main thing is is what you're offering. Does it align with that? You know, if you're coming from a community where the biggest cry is is water and sanitation, um, you know. There's a certain um, brand that sells water, you know, um, and and how do you partner with them in that in that perspective? You see, uh, the, the best example is there was previously like the the issue of sanitation, uh, like toilets within the within like schools, and there's there's a big brand that's now embarked on a journey to build as many toilets in township and 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 um and and and, and rural schools. Now, if if I'm a painter, um, and this is something like a social issue that I'm uh, that I'm hopping on, this for me would be a brand to then approach to say, "Hey, um, how do we further help you in an artistic way communicate uh, what it is that 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 you guys want to communicate?" You know, sure. when you want when you have a message, you want to deliver it in as many ways as possible. Whether it's a movie, whether it's a painting, whether it's a radio series, because sometimes we forget that, you know. Radio dramas, like if you're a writer, you need to think to yourself, yeah. okay, I don't need to always write for stage. I'm, I might actually just need to write for radio. Um, and and how can we, you know, you you think of the likes of Soul City, you know, and and, and back in back in the day. So 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 conscious issues are also like a very big thing. And if you align with people who are who feel the same about those, then it becomes much easier, I think, to align with that. 
Sure, quite critical points there on research and alignment and really just taking your artwork and thinking about diverse ways in which you can repurpose, as Jane mentioned earlier, but also thinking about beyond marketing, there are different strategies, um, social issues, cultural tourism, human development, resource development, etc. Rusera, um, you mentioned last last time in, in our part one that the Makanda Festival you know, so a drop in, in numbers, you know, and as Mr. Mekki was speaking about the water issues, I saw you take your, your water there and thinking about Makanda's water, <laughs> water situation. Um, some of these challenges become opportunities for us. What, what in your experience in the past two, two years have been, you know, opportunities that you might never have been able to tap into prior to uh, COVID-19? You also spoke a lot about the hybrid models um, that you're exploring currently. Um, yeah, so are there any opportunities that have come up in terms of partnerships, in terms of engagement, in terms of just new ways then um, that you're thinking about the future of the festival? Yeah, I mean, we did, we did look at a festival over those 2020 and 2021, which took different formats. So in terms of kind of reflecting and thinking about what, you know, what worked, what didn't, what can we, what can we grow from? We have quite a, let's say, rich soup to kind of pick from. And um, I think, you know, it's interesting to think about your question in, in the current context because it is so hard to kind of pin the context down it keeps shifting mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. so 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 it is it, it, and maybe that's one particular point that that kind of working in that kind of situation of 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 shifting regulations and um you know lockdown travel bans etc can of course be exceptionally frustrating and I and and what we did though is is I th I don't even think we articulated as this. We just kind of did it and and later on said okay we what we 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 built models that were at their core essentially adaptable. So in terms of let's say conceptualizing gatherings or devising processes or ways to support artists, work with artists, support the creation. You guys have all frozen. I can still hear you. Okay, sorry. I, <laughs> I might be speaking to no one. Okay. Did, did my voice cut off or? <laughs> still fine on my side. You were speaking about just building for adaptability and agility. Right. Okay. So let me try to let me try to pick it up in a way that you might be able to edit it properly. <laughs> So I was saying that the uh, that the context is is requires an, a, an adaptability and a, and a kind of agility, and that's what we ended up doing as the National Arts Festival, without necessarily planning for that, but just make good of the uh, uh, of what we were trying to produce in the context. And I think that in itself, though frustrating and difficult is perhaps um, a huge lesson and again I think that's come out is that it, it, you know where we are now for example thinking about about programs um, in the next 6, 12, 18 months it is almost impossible to consider programs and approaches to producing that do not have an, have this element of agility and adaptability it's really it's like a staple now um, and so it's 
this this awareness and i think this this kind of hard experience it does it, it has shaped really a new way of of kind of of thinking about program producing program producing and working with artists mm. And and earlier, I think Ms. Meki was speaking about writers, performers, musicians. There was a conversation about streaming and sales and subscriptions last week. Just the the, the diversity in terms of art disciplines. In your experience, because I think many times when we talk about the National Arts Festival, we're only thinking about the theatre, or the theatre becomes kind of the main the main stage or the main stream. Some of the visual artists, the animators, you know, the musicians the dancers, the graphic designers, are those people keeping up with potentially the graphic designers, but certainly the designers, you know, other musicians, crafts, are they moving at the same pace? Have they been able to migrate onto some of your digital platforms? It's a good and very important question. And I think it's a, it's a different road and a different set of challenges for artists, for different artists come from different disciplines. So mm -hmm. I would say in, in, a, in a general way, no, the path hasn't been the same for different, for artists from different disciplines. Um, though essentially uh, across disciplines, I would say artists are, of course, as, as Jane has spoken about, as you've spoken about, are in very new territory with, with digital and largely there are very explorative um, ex and experimental approaches. But I think we saw we saw um, we saw musicians. Um, we saw people working working with sound um, coming onto social media platforms more quickly at the beginning of 2020. Uh, I think it's been a harder, more difficult road for performing artists, maybe even particularly dance dancers mm -hmm. or people working in dance. So much of their work is around their body, the physica physicality of the body in relation to space, in relation to audience. So it's a, it's it's much, uh, uh, I suppose, let's say a more distant concept to to kind of reconceive one stuff online. Interestingly enough, I always, I kind of imagined earlier on in this in 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 uh, twenty twenty that working with visual artists and visual arts. Um, and online uh, platforms would maybe be easier because in a way, if one kind of thinks, you okay, it's a, it's a digital file, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of simpler, but actually I've, I think that that's also been an important exploratory space and, and mm -hmm. lots of, of lessons of things that, that have worked, haven't worked, can work better. I, um, I know with, with the National Arts Festival, we did, we did some work on, on trying to do 360 degree captures uh 360 degree capturing of, of of sculptural work we 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 did um uh now i forget the, what it's called but <laughs> we we also um had exhibitions where we where we we created the exhibition exhibition space as a virtual space so the, mm. the the viewer or could kind of navigate online through a through a virtual space and then approach images that were they would see on walls and it's funny after we put that work together for in an online format i then went back to those spaces and the walls and those rooms without the art because it's now been you know down and and and, and the walls restored and it 
even just being in the space without the work present, it has a totally different experience. So mm-hmm. I think I think with the, with with the visual arts, it's maybe was the most clear to me. But absolutely, with 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 all of our artists and across disciplines, yes, we've done a lot of of exploratory work. Yes, we've really kind of dived into how do we make use of these tools. How you know? How do we make use of these platforms? What's the right platform? But there's still quite a bit more around uh, issues or questions about how do we connect with audience? How do we mm. build community? How do we create narratives? How do we create memory? You know, how, what kind of experiences can we create that are maybe beyond uh, a momentary or transitory? experience which is which is really the nature of online you know how is how is what you are doing as a musician or a visual artist different from someone's kind of random half considered posting of their what they're eating for lunch you know and these are these are really important questions i think for artists because if we are now operating in this online and these online platforms then we have to really think what is it actually that we're trying to do so that we're not kind of contributing to a to an online content clutter or chaos and really fighting for eyes. Actually, what we're doing is we're building something, you know. Mm. Um, and um, so the, I, there's important questions, but I think we're encountering them as as we go. I completely agree. And I, I, you know, I completely agree. I, I think key for me is just that point around how do we differentiate ourselves um, from the people who are just, you know, sharing content for the sake of sharing content. For us, this is a profession. This is a way of making money. It's a way of uh, sharing narrative or disrupting narratives. It's a way of really contributing to the global um, economy or the, yeah, just in terms of livelihoods as well. Jane, key question there around how do you differentiate yourself from the noise, from the random <laughs> kind of content insta celebrities, you know, and how do we start to think about building community, building memory and connection with the understanding that not everybody has six cameras, four cameras to be able to capture it like the digital theater in, you know, the US or the UK. For us as, you know, young creatives on the ground, what becomes important or what becomes at least accessible at this point for us to at least contribute to this conversation around how we build um, and how we also stamp the value of our work as professionals and not just as, you know, casual sharing online. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, that's very interesting. You know, the other day I had an interesting conversation with someone and they asked me, Jorge, um, Jane, how did you get yourself to stop writing in a traditional way and you're doing it in the most conventional way and whatever? And I was like, oh my goodness, oh, you realized that. Thank you so much. But then I was like, no, wait, you you haven't read any of my scripts. You haven't seen any of my shows. What do you mean? And the person is like, no, I just see it from the way you write on Facebook. And that for me was like really interesting. Yo, okay. Um, so I think it's very important for you to always um, have part of who you are as a creative in which, whichever space, you know, um, do not try to conform, do not try to be Dumi. There's a reason why Dumi has a following. People love that about her and it's something that you cannot take away from her, but um, embrace what makes you unique. Um, make it work for you, know your audience, you know. Um, there's also this comedian, Lara something, I follow her, I've forgotten her, um, her surname. And you know what she did? She actually 
put up, she dedicated a year because like she's a comedian, she wasn't getting gigs, nobody thought she was talented, blah, 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 blah. And she dedicated a whole year of posting one video per week on Facebook. Um, and she did it around the whole content of being a mother, you know, like motherhood, um, something that people really correlate with, that really relate um, with. And now she has like millions of subscribers on YouTube, on Facebook. She's like scoring gigs left, right and center. Um, so it's very important that you're very smart um, and you can't do that if you don't. You know, the problem with us artists is I, I just don't want to perform. You don't want to think about the business side of things. Um, so it's very important that you think of yourself as a business and know what makes you unique from others. Why would people choose to me instead of Jane, you know? Um, do not... <laughs> But then again, sometimes, um, I'm going to say this, and I don't like saying this, but it's the truth. Sometimes you have to go with the masses and then find the perfect time to do your individual things. And by that, I mean, like, you know, those um, TikTok videos of trending people doing challenges or whatever, that might be just your... Um, opportunity at getting an audience you know taking that one challenge that everybody is doing but doing it in a creative way and then all of a sudden you have more following and now all of a sudden basa is like oh um we want to col collaborate with you you know can you please help us market this and whatever and whatever so you have to be very smart and yeah and then it's being being conscious all the time be conscious all the time what works what doesn't work when you put up videos on facebook what do people relate to more is it comedy is it drama is it is it is it and then you know um kind of finding yourself within that social Damn. yeah mm. Jane, let me challenge you last year there was a big conversation on facebook where people were saying there's no digital theater theater is theater what you guys are doing on the digital spaces is not theater. Do you agree or disagree? I, I do think digital theater is theater, um, you know, um, and like I was saying, for example, when you go into the cinema, you say you go into the theater. Is the theater just that space or is theater what you create? What is theater? What is your definition of theater? And um, it's about time that people stop trying to do things the old way, because right now, Times are different. Um, there's a pandemic. You know, we have to reshuffle our thinking. We have to do things different, differently. And um, there's going to come a time, hopefully, when we can do theater the way we used to, you know, with the audience and the auditorium and whatever. Um, but right now, you have to think as your home as a theater um, and your television or your phone as the um, auditorium, you know. That's where you're going to see the performances right now. So artists um, should stop. I know it's not the same. I know, I know. I shot a short film the other time and I was just like, oh my goodness, I feel like I didn't perform because when it comes to film, you have to tone everything down. Like right now I had to tone my voice down for this digital space and whatever. Uh, but you have to find a way to make it work. At, at the end of the day, you will have beautiful products. Um, so yeah, digital theater is theater. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think I think I can definitely hear in your passion, you know, just that agility and that ex radical acceptance that the computer, the smartphone becomes the auditorium and the theater. So, Maggie, I know that you stressed this point quite a lot last time, like how do we really um, create that connection? What does it mean for us to translate the same kind of experience online that we would have had in, in, in reality? Um, and maybe just bringing our, uh, the question around demystifying digital, I think that as creatives, we did have to 
um, unlearn or relearn, right? Um, and accept this word digital and embrace it for the products and the work that we are creating. For you, do you think that um, digital theater is still theater? I actually do think digital theater is still, is still theater. Um, and, I'm, and I'm basing it on two things. The first one is what what digital is doing is that it's forcing us as artists to go back to the core of what it is that we're creating, right? Before we put it in a box, you go back to the core. And at the core of theater is performance, right? Uh, regardless of regardless of what stage it's being performed performed on. Um, and 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 you think of news the news industry, right? Everybody's reading news online now, but it hasn't it hasn't it's changed journalism in a way in how things are being done, in the pace at, at which things are being done because of how fast things move. Then you also look at how social media then contributes to um to the to news, you know, like you don't want to read about a story a day later if you read about it on Twitter yesterday with everybody's opinions. So yeah. so so a lot has changed because of digital. Um, however, at the core of journalism is, you know, being able to tell a subjective story um, yeah. and giving as many facts as possible with the little time that you may have in, in, in today's industry. So to 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 answer that is that at the core of it, you know, you you like if 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 there's a change, if there's a shift, you always have to just go back to in its most simplest form, what yeah. is it? And yeah. provide that. And once you've provided that, I think it then allows you to be more adaptable. As Jane has said, you know, um, for things like if, if it's online, uh, if you're doing it on video, you might just have to tone it down a bit because uh, your, your voice doesn't need to be projected because a microphone is picking it up. Smeki's yeah. not at the back seat there and has to hear it. Um, you don't have to exaggerate your your your, your movements so that somebody who's far away is able to see it um, and, and things like that. But at the end of it, if you go back to the core of the art, then you get to do it for that. And just a little addition in terms of how do we compete for space? Because I actually liked that question. One thing that that digital has done, um, what people may not realize is that it's given the consumer the choice of how to consume, when to consume, for how long to consume. So so as much as it may sometimes feel like, but I'm competing for space with... Um, with somebody's food or somebody's uh, vacation, um, what it also does is that it allows someone like me to then just shut all of that out and and focus on you. So if if I felt like the next five hours I feel like going to look at art, what the what the digital space does is that it allows me to go to five museums, which mm. I wouldn't be um, able to prior to that. So with with some of the challenges, there's also new opportunity. Um, it's like how Netflix has made us or has helped us realize that at people's attention spans are actually not that short as as mm -hmm. we thought, right? Because mm -hmm. TV always said you can't have a show for more than an hour; people get bored. And now you hear the word binge watching. Like if somebody's gonna watch the same thing for nine hours, clearly attention span is that long. It's just now the person has the, the, the ability to consume it all at the same time. Um, sure, sure. And I think I like that point around the consumer, right? The consumer becomes the producer also, but also mm. um, digital gives the consumer autonomy to be able to choose from an array of, of offerings. So unfortunately, yeah. we've reached the end of our time together. Um, and we have about a minute left. I'd like for each one of you 
succinctly, straight to the point, what message would you like to give to the 120 plus um, graduates who will be taking their products to market online? They will be debuting their creative business ventures online um, next month. What would you say to them? For me, I would say, guys, this is a huge opportunity that you don't want to miss out on. Um, I would say, by all means, grab it with both hands. Put your best foot forward. Treat it as your 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 way to the market. This is your big break. And if you treat it as such, I think people will respond uh, like very well. You've you've been equipped with everything that you need. So 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 give it your best your best shot. And you just never know. You might be the next Nelson Makamu based on the debut program. Thank you, Jane. Um, watching them from a distance now, I am so extremely proud. Like I follow most of them. So congratulations on making it this far. Um, I mean, the sky is not even the limit, you know, and I ask of you to please, please trade your skills with your fellow, um, artists so that, you know, we can all win together and yeah, 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 you've got this. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. Rosera, last points from you. <sighs> Um, well, to the debut program graduates, I would say congratulations on graduating. It's always quite an achievement just to go through a process and get to the end. That in itself is huge. And remember that you are from a creative and innovative sector, and that's that's your core strength. And in our current context and in our, I suppose, immediate, maybe even longer future, this is these are the strengths that everyone needs, even beyond um, the creative and art and art sector. So that's your that's your core. That's what you came into this with, and that's what you go out with. So hold on to it and keep referring to your to your innovation, your imagination, your creative drive. That's what's what's going to keep you going. Sure. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Smeki. Thank you, Jane. We have come to the end of our conversation. Thank you so much to everyone for your valuable contributions to a very critical and urgent conversation. My name is Dumi with a Y, and I hope to see you on the 15th at Debut Online. <laughs>